Hey, shiny people. It's been a hot minute. I'm so sorry that it's been over a week since I did a podcast episode. That was not my plan. But life happened, got in the way. I had to be on the road for a few days, but I'm back. And as promised, it is all queen all the time, all day today, because it is number four, track four in my queen deep dive. This is... The fourth song on Queen's 73 debut album called My Fairy King. And this is such a special song because for one, we're veering away from the insanity and the crazy early heavy metal sounds of great King Rat. You know, this is the first time I've realized that Freddie has these songs with the word King in them back to back. I never thought about that until just now saying the words out loud. Funny. And such a nice little tie-in. But this song is so different than Great King Rat. It's It's got some similar characteristics as far as the way that Freddie wrote. This is a Freddie Mercury song in all its awesomeness. But it's very different in temperament and tone. And it's a lot more orchestral and fantastical and magical and mystical. This is the kind of stuff that I love from Freddie because he was so into myth and art and legends, and he loved to go into great detail about all of these imagined worlds, and ah, just so brilliant, so gorgeous. And here we go. It's all my fairy king today. So this song was written in 70. So again, a few years before their debut came out, all of their songs on their debut were with them for quite some time before they actually released the album. And this is a progressive rock, art rock ballad. It's very, very unique. And again, like their music always is, is very surprising. It was never a single, the song, never charted because it wasn't released as a single. And we have another example of a varied tempo song. This song is so all over the place in Freddie fashion that we do not have a defined tempo. We're simply dealing with a ebb and flow of Mercury's thoughts and imagination, as it were. So we're in 4-4 time, which is surprising because (laughs) usually we're in 5-4 and 7-4 and a majority of 4-4 in varying degrees of shifting and twisting and turning in tempo, but we're sticking with a a common time, time signature this time. So that's an interesting change of pace. But for the constant time signature, we have a plethora of keys. And this is just insane. So we have F minor, G major, E minor, A minor, D major, C major, D minor, F major. It is a Phrygian scale. Okay. (laughs) We're back to these changed scales. So a Phrygian scale is composed of the root note, a minor second, a minor third, a perfect fourth, a perfect fifth, a minor sixth, and a minor seventh. So it's the fifth mode of the harmonic minor scale. It's just one of the many interesting variations of a scale that you can have. It gives the song a very unique sound. It gives it a very historical, ancient sound. Anytime there's something changed where a note in a scale is flatted or sharpened or something is more dominant, it just gives so much more 
character and depth to a song, in my opinion, because so many songs, especially popular songs, are done in typical minor or major scales. So this is an incredibly complex song as far as the structure of all of these keys that are being used. So this song really is a progressive piano piece that paves the way for future masterpieces like March of the Black Queen and ultimately Bohemian Rhapsody. It is the most complicated Freddie composition that was done at the time with all of those modulations. And it's the first time we get that hint of Freddie's magical fairy tale world in a song. It's a song about the world of rye, which he sings about later. We'll talk about that. I love that song, Seven Seas of Rye. It's an early fantasy subject of Mercury's. He and his sister used to fantasize about this made-up land of rye. So there's a lot of history in this imagined world that he has. And Brian once said about this song in particular that this was the first time they'd really seen Freddie working at his full capacity, that he's virtually a self-taught pianist and he was making all of these strides at the time. And My Fairy King was the first of these sort of epics where there were lots of voice overdubs and harmonies. And it just, again, paved the way for more complex arrangements and really expansive songs that defied any genre. Little fun fact about this song. There's a lyric... Mother Mercury, look what they've done to me. And it's said that this inspired Freddie to change his last name from Balsara to Mercury. And the song features many, many, many vocal overdubs from both Freddie and Roger chimes in every once in a while. You particularly hear him on those high wails. It's a fantastic little touch. Mercury loved these overdubs. He absolutely loved them. The more the merrier. And he borrowed lines from Robert Browning's poem, The Pied Piper of Hamelin. So there's a lot of cool art history and influence behind this particular composition. Other interesting points about the lyrics. We have the lyric, someone just drained the color from my wings, which is echoed in the much later and well-known composition, The Show Must Go On, with My Soul is Painted Like the Wings of Butterflies. I, I thought about that after I started analyzing this song. I thought, oh my gosh, this is such a nice mirroring of lyrics. And I have to believe this was intentional. The Show Must Go On was actually written originally by Brian. Lyrically, Brian sat down with Freddie after Roger and John had laid down the melodies and they came up with the lyrics together. But I have to believe that there's some purposeful echo going on here with the lyrics. I have to believe there's a tie in there somewhere. Maybe I just want to believe it because it's a nice sentiment. But regardless, all the lyrics are elaborate and descriptive in this song. I mean, you've got in the land where horses born with eagle wings and honeybees have lost their stings, there's singing forever. Ooh, yeah. Incredibly poetic, really, really colorful, and creates this whole world that you can see and touch and feel in a song. It was played live very rarely in 73 on some super early tours and performances, and a little bit in the mid-80s tours. And I actually could not find a live recording of this thing. 
I looked. I looked on YouTube. I've looked elsewhere. I would love to hear it. And honestly, the later performances might have just been little medleys or snippets. I could totally see them doing that. It was something they often did in their 80s performances to bring in little tastes of older songs to give us some variation to the live sound. I would love to hear those live performances. I would have loved to have been in those halls listening to this song, especially live, because these guys brought so much energy to their live performances, so much impressiveness. I would absolutely love to have been there at that time. There are no big critiques on this song because it was never released as a single. It never had any formal promotion as a standalone track, but the general consensus among fans that I tend to read is that this is one of the most impressive Freddie tracks you're ever going to hear. It's so elaborate. It's so expansive in its structure, which is very, very Freddie. But there's something about the complexity here with My Fairy King that is incredibly impressive and goes beyond what you would expect from a rock band. Even after hearing Great King Rat, which is such a pompous number, right? It really truly is this, hey, we're awesome. We can play this. Yep. And this is the moment where you kind of go, wow, the world building and the color in the songs is so off the charts, outside the lines with these guys. It's no wonder that fans who loved hardcore rock music sometimes were taken aback because this is not rock music. This is very progressive. This is very artsy. And it's just as it should be coming from Freddie. It's aching, brooding, sparkling, ever reaching. It pours it all out. This song gets under you right from the start. It's sneaky like this whimsical dream. Immediately, layers upon layers of sound. So many layers. I'm going to say that word in every single one of these critiques because the guys love layers like onions. <laughs> Perfectly engineered and performed. It comes out as one giant creature that's just bellowing. These guys were so good at playing together. And this song, better than any of the others before it so far, I think, proves that. We increase up that scale on the guitar, this commanding piano entrance, all of the key changes, Roger wailing out wildly high and higher still. And this is all in the introduction of the song. Just like Great King Rat before it, many changes in tempo here, but it's different from Great King Rat. Even though it has those kinds of similarities in structure, the feel and the mood here is an entirely different thing. What felt like potentially pompous playing <laughs> right? With Great King Rat is now more structured. It's intentional. It's less rowdy. It's more refined. It's gorgeous. This is poetry in sound, drama, and then some to the max, like an impressionistic painting made up of millions of tiny little brush strokes that up close, it's just a bunch of little dots. But when you stand back, it's just this it's a singular masterpiece. That's what this song sounds like. John's bass here is so important. There's more movement here. It's like a voice. Just go in and listen to his bass. Listen to the song like five times and just take in the bass in one of those listens because I don't know how... I would love to know how much 
John, each of them worked together, actually. I would just, I would love to know how much influence they had over each other's playing because I'm sure that they worked as a unit, but the original composer of a song, in this case, Freddie, would have said, well, I really want you to do this here. But knowing John is such a fantastic bassist, I'm sure that he had these moments of, I'm just going to do this little flowery thing here, and it worked out great, right? The vocals here, the dynamics and the control are so impressive. We've got super, super sweet falsetto and then very impressive wailing from both Freddie and Roger. And so many sounds, vocals, glissandos, harmonies. It's hard to focus in the best way in this song. At that second verse, the urgency rises, that rich storytelling, it creates that world extremely complex, dark as it is light. And the seriousness of this content, of this story, proves the artistry and brilliance that Queen were more than just really fantastic rock musicians. Freddie leads the way with his dynamic performance, treasures of details woven throughout this entire thing. We get a little more rock, classic rock sound in the bridge in that break. And that ever-rising, sweeping waves of melody, just the pounding drums... It's unrelenting. There's a crash, a break, that soft reflection of piano. It's almost, it's just sadness. Freddie's seeking, aching. It goes back to that line of someone just drained the color from my wings, broken my fairy circle ring. It sounds on paper so cliche, but when it's delivered against that really, really sad piano, Oh, it's so moving. The musicality, the sensitivity, the intent of this magical section is so beautiful and emotional. Freddie's boundless, those vocals, as he finishes that phrase, it fades into this rising crescendo that becomes one of Queen's best musical moments. Seriously, one of the best ever out of anything they've ever done. It's like a top spinning out of control. Every instrument, the drums, the piano, the guitar, the bass, it's all unified in it's driving persistence, energy, pounding through like a storm rushing in, mad winds like this gale and an intense force. If you like songs that are emotional, you know, like Who Wants to Live Forever, that's one of my favorites too. Obviously, it's much later in their catalog, but this song is like that. It has that kind of moving intensity that isn't just about celebrating, oh yeah, we know how to play and we know how to play hard. This is about creating a world and sharing this artistry with people. Freddie was such a fan of art and design and expressing something that was bigger than just the way he saw it. Remember, he never wanted to impose his own ideas and thoughts on a listener. He never wanted to answer those questions of what is this about, Freddie? He always left it up to the listener to make those decisions for themselves. This song is a great example of all of the detail that goes into the creation of a Freddie Mercury track, but at the same time still has that enigmatic quality of this could mean so many different things. That's very impressive. His skills as a lyricist are really, really something when you consider the fact that in some people's minds, Queen is just a rock band that wrote, we will rock you and we are the champions. And you know, songs that are brilliant, but pretty straightforward when it comes to content. This is much more diverse than that. This is much deeper and more expansive. 
And I love it. This song is absolutely one of those songs that you will remember that you will come back to and listening to it collectively on their debut album amongst the other tracks. It truly is a standout. It's one of my favorites. Great King Rat used to be my absolute favorite song on their debut. And My Fairy King might have actually bumped (laughs) Great King Rat for me. And I tend to bounce around a little bit, but this song is so absolutely beautiful and lovely. It's just a lovely example of the depth and the talent behind the guys and their performance together, their synchronicity, really, really impressive all around. So go off and go listen to My Fairy King. You will not be disappointed. If you're only familiar with Queen and their hard rock and hit tracks, this is going to be one of those moments where you go, wow, I guarantee you will be pleasantly surprised. All right. That is my fairy king. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be talking queen again. And we'll talk some more stuff too. But in the meantime, as always, keep yourselves alive. Stay warm. Stay cozy. We're in February, which is a rough go of it. (laughs) I am a fan of The Office. And whenever February starts, I always think of Toby. Yes, Toby. I'm so sick of February. (laughs) All right. Enough of these mind tangents. Go listen to some Queen, My Fairy King. Enjoy the drama, as you should, with Queen. All right, guys. Later.